Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush. That was Shadow Garden by my guest, music artist Jason Norwood, who has been on him before. And we're going to talk about that piece of music in a minute, because while I'm playing that piece of music, I have a visual in my head that I'm sure that Jason will agree with, because anytime I play his music or... Cypher's music when he was with Cypher, I would say the vision and say, 
Yep, that would be it. But Jason was born in London, Ontario in 1973. Yes, he is calling from the great country of Canada. His earliest crude sound college recorded started around the age of 14. And after having been introduced to the more exploratory music of the 70s, such as Tangerine Green and Mike Oldfield, his primary focus in his late teens was poetry. That's interesting. He suddenly switched to music as his primary creative outlet. Jason has numerous musical projects with different sounds. He has recorded Berlin School electronic music for 25 years, but branched out into get, to guitar-based abstract music. Say that fast three times. Angel on Fire, electronic punk cipher, and his own solo industrial projects, Black Chairs and Code 000, now defunct. Jason releases his epiphemous, yeah, I cannot pronounce the word, Music under the W-E-A-T-N-U label in the U.S. and all other projects on HMR. He also runs a label called Hope Mansion Recordings, which is set to be relaunched August 15th, which caters to unique music, like all of his music. Not Actually, my ADHD, my ADHD brain set that back to September 1st. So. <laughs> <laughs> relaunch will expand. HMR to include interviews with non-label brands and musicians, offer reviews, as well as to continue to assist artists under the label umbrella. Jason also produces much of the graphic design and works in visual art with mixed media and digital media. Currently, he is recording the second Black Chairs album, The Hypersane, with a new Angel on Fire album on hold until later this year. And in the meantime, when he gets bored or is unsupervised, he sporadically works on new poetry. Jason, welcome <laughs> to the show. Ian, welcome back Great to the back. show. It's Hi, been Ray, a minute. It's been a minute Good since we you. talked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's been a long minute. So what in the world have you – well – Obviously, all of this, but during the year of insanity, we talked briefly about the year that, that never quit, the Grand Hall Day revisited. We could do a movie about it. <laughs> when you were literally in your house because you could not go out, is this when all this started re-germinating in your mind? Not the music? Yeah. Music is... My problem is creativity never sleeps. So, um, I mean, it, it was a good time to take a look. I mean, I did under under the Jason M. Norwood side of things. I jumped on a uh, song a day thing, and with a couple of friends, I got invited to do that, and you know, they were starting to go nuts because I kept coming up with these 20 minute long <laughs> electronic music pieces, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And then I'd go sideways and I did a cover of Sister Ray by the Velvet Underground <laughs> just because I liked that song so much. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, one thing kind of leads to another. And once I'm done one project, my the music I'm listening to will noticeably shift in a different direction. So, and then, you know, it'd be like, oh, you know, I'm playing guitar now. So, you know, maybe an Angel on Fire album's happening. I don't know. <laughs> well, wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be true for just about any of us that are artistically gifted or quote-unquote, for lack of a better word, handicapped? Because... One project leads to another project leads to another project, and pretty soon all the voices in our head are fighting for who's going to get out first. <laughs> I, I learned to quell those arguments somehow. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, for me, music is a strange thing because I have these distinctly different projects, and in my head, they'll never cross. So it's almost kind of like a multiple personality disorder, but within music only. So for me, it I'll be in the mindset for a Black Chairs album. This album's been germinating since probably well before the pandemic. And I, I demo a few songs. And I go, I'm not feeling it, you know. And 
you know, I might be listening to a ton of shoegaze. So, you know, that, you know, might I'll drift away from it, come back to it. And then I realized, oh my God, I've got four CDs full of demos. I don't even remember recording. Okay. I can relate to that. I, I, I certainly can't just, so let's, Let's wrap back around to Shadow Garden. And I'm going to tell you what I saw in my head when this song was playing, because, you know, I'm kind of dark-minded anyway. And when I when I saw the title, Shadow Garden, I'm thinking, yeah, mm, Creepy Mansion, Black Gate, Garden All Grown Up, and all you see in this garden are these shadows drifting back and forth kind of lost looking for who knows what. I like that. <laughs> I knew you would. See, next, Ian, he's another your next, one. Your next painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your next painting. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> That's painting a good idea. That is an excellent <laughs> idea. Hmm. I have to finish the one I'm doing Earth first. Earth dirt. Creativity never sleeps. I stand by this. You and me both. Okay, Ian, jump in here, and because I, I know hey, the I wheels just, in your head. I was just letting you guys me. vibe. I was, of course, you know, I have questions. I was just letting you guys vibe. Sometimes it's <laughs> somebody. Uh, somebody taught me a long time ago that sometimes when you uh, sit in the back of the room and don't say a word, uh, the experience can sometimes be more enjoyable than than if you're the center of attention. So. I don't mind taking a backseat every once in a while and listening to you guys talk. But, yes, of course, you know, I came prepared. <laughs> um, so my first question, and I know it's going to be hard because every song's like your child, right? What's your favorite song and why? And what what was the reason that it was created? Of mine? Of yours. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we're not talking about my music tonight. We're talking about your music. <laughs> Oh, I uh, I know. Um, my thing is is uh, I think with I have to pick one from each project. Black Tears would be currently Shadow Garden. It's finished, um, and it was probably the first time on record that I ever raised my voice, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, with Angel on Fire, it would. It would have to be one called First Time in Days because it was a very personal song for me to write. And it, I left it as the four-track demo because I couldn't – I tried to redo it, and it just didn't have the same feeling. Um, and I think with the Jason and Norwood stuff, uh, the – because it's in two parts, I'll say the album uh, Furnishings for the Quiet Room, which I wrote for my late father, so – um, kind of where everything kind of gels and it's like I would listen to this <laughs> um, <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was going to be a hard I, one for I, you cause... I've got 25 years of archives sitting, I've got like a I actually have a server computer where all this stuff sits <laughs> and some of it I go I'll, I'll just start rummaging through stuff and I'll be like I don't even remember putting that on tape And there it is. um, Right. No, I knew that was going to be a hard one because people ask me the same question that, you know, what's your favorite book that you you wrote? And I'm like, "Uh, all of them? (laughs) That's not even being cocky. It's just every one of them has a piece of me that I really enjoy. So I always like stumping artists and, and, you know, seeing what what they say. So that was, that was a, a, a definitely a very artistic answer of yours that you're like, Oh, I have like one of each. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you're always, I mean, there's always a little bit of an element of feeling like you're doing one better every time you put something out. But, and then, you know, there's stuff that I've put out that I've taken down because I'm like, I, uh, that, no, that doesn't fit with anything. <laughs> What got you into music? Um, it was always around. I was, I was raised by hippies. So my earliest, 
you know, I got introduced to the, to the Stones, Led Zeppelin, you know, a lot of the rock from that era just because it was what dad listened to. But I was always kind of fascinated by it and fascinated that these big round discs somehow create music or let me listen to music. And I, when I was six, I liked Elton John and ABBA. I love ABBA. Things came. <laughs> ABBA, there's nothing wrong. The, the funny part was is that I went into a record store with my dad for the first time being allowed to buy my first record. And the only ABBA one that they had in stock was one that was imported from, from like Mexico or Spain. <laughs> because ABBA usually put out at least their hit songs in about seven or eight different languages. Uh-huh. Right. So, so my early, I can remember the Spanish lyrics to Dancing Queen, but I can't remember the English. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like 99 Red Balloons. I don't know the English lyrics, but I'm fluent in German, so I know the German lyrics. I definitely respect the uh, Elton John reference. I, I always laugh because uh, Tiny Dancer was the thing that I used to sing to my daughter all the time for her to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so every time I hear right. that song, I'm like, oh, my little girl. <laughs> I used to sing my daughter. I used to sing along with a Canadian artist named uh, Lorena McKennett. Um, she's very um, kind of folky, mystical. You probably like her, Yvonne. Um, she does everything herself. Uh, hmm. She has her own label, Quinlan Rose. Everything she does is under her control. And it's for, a it's woman has the man's heart. Pin- Oh yeah, it's very it's very it's tinged with medieval themes and and sounds. She's got a beautiful voice, um, but she did uh, uh, her own musical version of the poem, "The Lady of Shalott." It's like ten minutes long, but um, I always loved that. I loved that song ever since it came out. So and it was me- and Melody would fall asleep to it. So. It was just kind of like... I must know, get her I, on the show. <laughs> and just like that, a guest was born. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 have to, you have to send me her information and, and hook us up because she sounds very interesting. She is. My uncle is in the... My uncle's a drummer and he actually met her. Uh... I guess he went out to uh, Stratford to do a little bit of work uh, with her and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, my problem is I'll, I'll probably be name dropping a hundred bands by the time we're done talking. That's okay. Uh, we'll have a hundred new guests. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before we start name okay, dropping, to, before we okay, start name dropping, art I want to... Before we start name dropping, I want to play Field of um, – no, I want to play Vapors first. This is a very okay. interesting song because it, it's different for you on a level, mm-hmm. on a certain – it's not something that I've heard you do before. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and my guest, the one and only music artist, Jason Norwood, who I absolutely adore, who has introduced me to a whole new genre of music that I did not know was out there. And this is his song, Vapors. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was Vapors by the one and only Jason Norwood. Now, Jason, when when I listen to that song, it starts mm-hmm. off almost as a single instrument, and then it crescendos into a whole palatra of of electronic instruments, and then it goes back down. And I I see all these little creatures rising up and doing a a dance of excitement because they've been released from the hounds of hell and then I watch them slide back down and I see that in my mind and I love this piece it was one of the more out there ones that that I did on that album um, it's very tribal it does have a bit of a tribal it does. to it but Ian what do you think I, I was I was picking up in the tribal. I was definitely going with the drums for sure, and then when it went into the uh, to the crescendo, I, I was uh, I wasn't feeling the the dancing demons from the from the ground. I was feeling more like um, like when you when you when you're driving home after a long day. Yeah. Like you're driving home after a long day and you're just tired. You just want to get home and you want to eat. And you know, like the 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 moaning of like, oh man, like I got I got to go home and do dishes and do laundry and and get ready for tomorrow. And I really only get like 30 minutes to myself. And that 30 minutes at like 10:30 at night, like that's kind of what I yeah. got from it. Like I I, I almost felt. Um, See, and this is my biggest pet peeve is when you're like, oh, your book reminded me of or something like that. So you're like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> like, I totally from that. But, like, it almost gave me, like, the crow vibes. Like, after oh, yeah. looking at a long case and you're just like, oh, like, I'm so glad today's over. <laughs> yeah. But, see, that's the beauty That's the beauty of of the arts is that everyone's perception is different, which makes it which makes this setting with you as the co-host and Jason here is he gets feedback on each of our perceptions and it was probably nothing of what he was feeling when he was writing. So Jason, what was your vibe when you was putting this piece of music together? Um, I, 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 I was, there was a particular synthesizer that I was using uh, that I started on that one and I linked it with a sampler that I had of a, of a, a voice. Like I've got, I've, I have a huge archive of sounds. I, Cause a lot of, sometimes I just design sounds and save them for, you know, whenever I, you know, go through them and go, Hey, I kind of like that instrument. Okay. <laughs> um, voices and stuff like that. So, um, that started it, and I think it was kind of a. I think it was my answer to Throbbing Gristle's "What a Day," because she's just going on "What a Dull Day," "What a," you know, it's kind of like. Um, with that album, I used a, I used I, I uh, stole William Burroughs' cut up technique, like uh, like many other artists I know. <laughs> Um, and I was writing about stuff. I literally cut the paper and then rearranged it and I'd start typing. And I, you know, there might be something that didn't make sense, but the sound of it pulled it in a different direction. Um, so Vapors is kind of my song of the mundane, but being contented, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's the least dark song on that album. <laughs> uh, it's a neat... But I definitely hear what you're saying about different perceptions. Cause yeah. I definitely hear what you're saying about different perceptions. And very early on, I learned that once you cast it away, anybody's going to pick it up and interpret it based on their own archetypes, their own, you know, their own thoughts and feelings. And... For just about any song out there, I've probably heard at least five completely different things, and I love it. You know, it's like, I never thought of it that way, but I, 
it it works, you know. <laughs> and, and the thing is, when when people can do that, to me, that says that this is a not just a good piece of of craft, but it's an excellent piece of craft because people see it from a different perspective and then embrace it in their own frame and get even more enjoyment out of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's because I tend to be a bit of a, a person watcher. <laughs> um, I find that, you know, you know, it, what people bring to the table with anything I've ever written to me, it's just as valid as the reason why it got made. And it gives me a little bit of abstract insight into who I'm talking to. Um, you know, and I think that's what art should be. And I, yeah. I've, I've always been the least precious about my own art. It's like, if people want to piss all over it, I'll let it drip off the table. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not for it's not, what I do isn't for everybody, so, um, you know, and I, but it's, you know, but the thing I is, always, it's, it's for somebody. Yeah. It, and that's what makes it, that's what makes it important. It may not be for everybody, but it's for somebody. And if it enhances that one person's life or their perspective about life, then yeah. your job is done. It it was well worth putting it out there. Yeah. And I mean, Cypher did you was grow a into that mentality difference. or did you, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you, you go ahead. I'll save that one for later. <laughs> grow into that mentality or did you always have that mentality? Um, well, I remember, uh, my dad, uh, suggesting that uh, what I was doing at the time in his basement sounded like a car- somebody banging on a cardboard box with a stick. You know, I mean, <laughs> again, I knew that I was experimenting and I wasn't doing rock and roll. So Cause that was, that was the big thing. It was kind of like, why don't you do something? And I've heard this like, periodically, like once a decade or something, but somebody will say, why don't you just write a pop out? And I'm like, I would, but I'm I'm not good at it. <laughs> and that's not you your know, stick. There are that's, people that's... who are qualified to do that, you know. And but, there's nothing wrong with not me. How... There's nothing wrong with me. But Jason, that's not how your mind works. Right. And that's if you were true. To, and if... I go with what works. And yeah, and if you were to try to write pop, you would become so frustrated you would probably never write again. Because your craft, your specialty, your passion is the electronic synthesizing music. In in fact, on the the show's bio, it says playing instruments in a way they're not supposed to be played. That's what you do. You're not afraid to step out of the box, and I love you for it. Well, I I've I've always been drawn to different music and it, it doesn't set aside anything else like I listen to I listen to a lot of old school hip-hop I, yeah I, I listen to alternative rock I listen to 70s you know my wife got me into Buddy Holly you know it's, <laughs> I have a 78 player <laughs> but, you know I just I just found a pristine copy of one of my favorite pieces of music of all time Gershwin's uh, Rhapsody in Blue Oh, and I was it was in a dark corner of <laughs> it was in the dark corner of the uh, upstairs of a bookstore, and I was like, I'm buying this. <laughs> See, um, I like vinyl too. Vinyl, but, vinyl makes me happy. Vinyl, uh, I would love to be able to produce vinyl, but it's expensive, and mm-hmm. uh, I do. I mastered for vinyl. I normally master with vinyl in mind because, you know, I think, I won't say it sounds better, but it's just, you know, it's just where I, it's just, you know, I, I, I think in the kind of a traditional way with setting up an album where, you know, it's, you know, 
your last song on side A is going to be quieter and not quite as energetic. You flip it over and it kicks back in again. There um, you go. So I always think, you know, you know, and I know, I know artists that do like 60 hour long pieces of music. And I'm like, after about 20 minutes, I'm done. <laughs> There's not much more I can say in that same line. And he's minutes. not he's not kidding because some of the music that the the music that I've played here tonight is over five minutes long. The shortest one was four eighteen, which was Shadow Garden, which was our opening number. The the vapors that we just played was five forty six. So the the other music that Jason sent me was twenty minutes long, and he sent me several of them. I'm thinking I'm not taking up twenty minutes of this guy's time to play his music. I love his music, but I can't find a good stopping point. So you just have to go and look up his music. Ian, I know your brain's turning. I feel it. Well, I'm just I'm just scared because you didn't tell him to wait until the show was over to go find his music. You always warn the listeners, Yvonne. Well, I, see, tonight that was your job. You had one job. <laughs> All right, Yvonne. Ian, yeah, you're voted off the island. <laughs> yeah, it, it. You know, I, I haven't been uh, I haven't been cast off yet, so I, I think. I think I'll be all right for for one more night, just one more night. <laughs> so uh, I was yeah, no, I was, your... I was Go gonna uh, mention I was gonna uh, with one thing with Cipher. It was probably the most direct music I've ever written. I like leaving, you know. I don't like this. I don't like pinning. Obviously, I don't like pinning any, you know, this is what the song is about, and it's what it always shall be about. Like, even as you grow older, the meaning of a song for you might change, right? Mm-hmm. Very um, true. But with Cypher, Cypher was the most direct message music I ever worked on. Um, but it needed to be, Cypher wanted that, that, the whole purpose of Cypher gelled into message, you know, getting the message out. Um, but with my own, you know, generally with my own lyrics on other projects, it's a case of there's a little, I like, I like the ambiguity of it because that's where I hear a lot of the more interesting visual stories. You know, I was doing this when I listened to this particular piece of music and it's, um, so I just, my only thing is my brain doesn't work in as nearly as direct a fashion as Mike. So, <laughs> hi Mike. <laughs> well, the, the, I remember the first time y'all came on the show, you and and Mike, and you came on as Cipher, and it was the very first album y'all had put out, and you were contemplating a second album, and you didn't know if you were going to do a second album, and. I said, please do the second album and came back. And y'all just took off. Cypher just just went through the roof. And to be able to just be a small part of that, that is such a humbling experience. Thank you for that, Jason. I don't think I thanked you enough for that. Oh, we never, we love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like. I was like, finally, I get to go on to, I get to go talk to a fawn again. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Ian, he was like a little, he was like a little kid in a candy store. I feel like that every time I go on the show with you. Like every time Sunday rolls around, I'm like, oh, tomorrow eight o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> it's Yvonne's show. Never no, gonna have fun. fun. Yeah, and that's what this show is about, ladies and gentlemen. If if this is your first time listening to this show. This show is never scripted. I don't believe in a scripted show because I was taught as a young girl watching Johnny Carson late at night when I was bored and unsupervised that unscripted shows are the best. He would have three-by-five note cards, and he'd have little notes on them. But before the 15-minute interview was over and it felt like it was only a minute and a half, he'd have the cards thrown over his shoulder because the show, the, the, the segment just took on its own life form, and you learn things you might not learn if you've done a scripted show so this yeah. is why we're not scripted oh yeah and well it's funny because you know i when i was when i was uh sharing the po the, the your posts on facebook i was thinking um 
and I'm just losing my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> it's a singing moment. I, um, yeah, it's gone. I. It'll, <laughs> it'll come back. Memories do. So yeah. Ian, what when was, it comes back, Ian, you, what, you let us know. Yeah, Ian, what was your question, my love? Oh, so I I was doing some research on you. I believe I found one of your blogs. I'm really good about finding people's blogs. I don't know why. I, I, I feel like every night I'm, I'm saying that, Yvonne, like, oh, I found your blog. People are like, oh, <laughs> you found my blog. I guess, right, blogs are just the things that I can find. So you, do, uh, you have a family, correct? Yes. So when you were doing this during the quarantine and all that, and I know you said a lot of this was before the quarantine, but you really kind of kicked it up in the full year during the quarantine. How did you manage family and quarantine life? Because I believe there's some photos that were um, of your office, like you have a little bit of an office area. Um, you mm-hmm. want to go into detail about how you kind of manage that? Maybe some tips and tricks for the listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. And I put them on. The, uh, and I put them on the spot. <laughs> if my wife is listening, I love you. Yeah, she's downstairs. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, the, I knew uh, that was it's, coming. It's interesting because um, my studio is in the front room of our house, basically. I have a full view of the living room um, mm-hmm. from where I sit. And I like it like that because I used to be very early on in my marriage. I used to get bothered when I had to get distracted. And then you have kids and your, your mindset changes. It's like, this is not as important. <laughs> um, yeah. But my kid, my, I mean, my daughter has her own project. Um, called Shattered Mosaics, um, and my son is, my son wants to be a visual artist, um, so we all, we all kind of get, we all kind of get each other. Now, what I, the music I make isn't necessarily to my wife's taste, but that's fine. It's, you know, I, again, I do music that isn't for everybody, <laughs> you know, so, but you know, it gets done. Like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like the worst father to say, I'm just going to quit school and be a musician. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting. And like I said, you know, a lot of, I, I do get some alone time to, uh, and that's usually when I do the recording. Um, my schedule is kind of loosely based around creativity in the morning, what needs to get done in the, you know, adulting in the afternoon. <laughs> it, it would be safe um, to say that you've learned how to how to have balance in your in your life with family and the craft and being creative, and it works because there is balance. Well, it sounds like as well, Yvonne, that part of the balance is he brought his family into the fold, too. He found something that they all connected on, and what they all connected on was art, even if the wife doesn't um, completely um, – I forgot the word you used, but I maybe appreciate your style of music. She still appreciates that that's the thing that brings you and the children together. You know what I'm saying? Well, I – I mean, she, it, everybody's integrated into into the whole thing. It's just interesting when they're when you have three creative people. She is the logic to my insanity. So uh, we work very well together. Like I said, and the thing is, is that she's educated me on a lot of music I probably wouldn't have listened to otherwise that I that I genuinely like. So you know, like Buddy Holly, even even then. Like like Buddy Holly, like a lot of there are other fifties artists. We have this. I have this selection of their Austin compilations. They're they're a series called Cruising, and there was mm-hmm. one for every year. Like I got fifty six, fifty seven, that kind of a thing, and they're put together like 
a radio show from the time. They were taped from the time. So you hear, you know, you hear advertisements for honest to advertisements for the 1957 Chevy, brand new, and a whopping 13-inch television. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was brilliant. But, you know, my dad had a couple, and I went and eventually found most of them. I think there's two that are missing. But, you know, it's all... My thing with my thing about music is that it's all it's it, it works for somebody. You yeah. know, I always used to joke that Michael Jack nobody likes Michael Jackson yet his albums go platinum. <laughs> you know, it multi plat diamond. You know, um, well, but you can like you the know, music, but not the person. Yeah, and you know, good art is sometimes created by assholes. <laughs> Right. That's, you know, that is true. You know, that's something that I've always believed in is separating the art from the person who created it, which is very hard to do in the modern climate. Um, you know, with our with lovely cancel culture and that garbage. Um, oh, here comes. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I don't. Was, I've never liked it. I, you know, art is. Art is art. A piece is of art. art stands, pardon? Art is art is art. It it. Yeah. It 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 may offend. It may not offend. But art is still art. And when we start canceling art, then we really disenfranchise ourselves and expanding our horizons in that craft. I mean, we learned that with exactly. the banned books. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many books mm-hmm. were banned just because it moved? I mean, one of my favorite ones is Fahrenheit 451. That was on the banned list forever because it was, oh yeah, you know, Excellent. against norms. Oh yeah, I, I love, I love Fahrenheit, but oh. you know, a good dystopia will make music. will make people queasy. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they don't do true. that with music. I mean, I've never heard of a banned music list. Have you? Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah, go on. I mean, they try. I mean, the Dixie Chicks said crap about George W. Bush, and look what happened to them. <laughs> uh, For the younger but, listeners, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, you know it. There's so and, and I listen to such a huge range of music that it's important. You know, I. You know, like I said. Even listening to the radio, sometimes there's a song I hear on hit radio, and I'm like, that's cool. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd is one that I really, really like. Just hearing on the radio, I'm like, you know, I've got my phone at the ready, Shazam it. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, I like this song. <laughs> well, we're um, talking about banning you know, but like music. I said, it's- talking about banning music, what the younger generation doesn't remember because they weren't around is when Elvis Presley went on the Ed Sullivan show and they would not show him from the waist down because he moved his hips and the parents were having conniption fits and they wanted him to go away and he only got bigger and better. And now with Jim Morrison, there was words. (laughs) Jim Morrison had the same issue. He couldn't say light my fire. And uh, come on, let, let's get higher on what was it, Ed Sullivan, or was it? That was, talk yeah, it was Ed Sullivan, and uh, they they came in and they said, uh, "You can't say, we baby, we can't get much higher." I think was the lyric or something right. like that. But so he said, "Okay, well, you know, we'll change the lyric," and he didn't, and went on the show, and apparently Ed Sullivan was silently fuming off stage. <laughs> Blessing. <laughs> but I know many younger generation doesn't know some of those references, and I think there's even been some pop references as well. I believe um, uh, wasn't it like the Disney children, uh, like Justin Timberlake, uh, Britney Spears, all that that they started trying to like censor their music and stuff like that too. So I, I just well, the thing for, is- for the younger generation who doesn't know the older references and some of the more uh, I guess 90s references. I was just more saying, like, 
we should go into detail a little bit so we're all on the same page that there is a band yeah. music not society but i mean it's there it's there censorship's everywhere I think, it just depends on yeah i think that it's i mean now now that we have the wonderful world of the internet and all of the information on the planet at our fingertips supposedly <laughs> um the uh it you know it's it, information is a lot harder to ban and you know it's kind of sneaking into society where information is the focal point and no longer things right so you know it's it's hard to Isn't say that kind of an I think, though I think anytime you're you talking band, to I think anytime, sorry I'm talking over here <laughs> no it's okay we're, we're all like excited to talk. <laughs> Isn't that kind of an enigma, though? Because you said that, you know, cancel culture is here, but then you, you state that uh, with the Internet, it's it's hard to censor and ban. So it's kind of counterculture, don't you think, that we're trying to cancel things, but with the Internet, it makes it easier to not cancel. Um. Well, I mean, even back in the day, we had, uh, there was a, I don't know if you, there was a two live, we, London has a two live cruise tour. They put out a record called As Nasty As They Want to Be, and it was almost deliberately, um, it, it was banned almost as fast as it came out, because in the, they released one, you know, as easy as we want to be or whatever. Um, but um, a bookstore in London that also sold vinyl. Uh, was run by a guy named Mark Henry, who's very counterculture. And so he published the date and time at which you could go to City Lights Bookstore and purchase a copy of Nasty As They Want to Be. So the police sent an undercover cop to wait in line at the well-publicized time and date to buy, a, ostensibly to buy a copy of his Nasty As They Want to Be to nail the guy to the wall for selling a banned record. <laughs> and needless to say, the lineup was around the block. And I think that just goes to show that, you know, even, be- even pre-internet, the more you try to ban something, the more people will find a way to get it because now you have their attention. Correct. You know, what's the controversy about? Why is this banned? You know, and, you know, I think... You know, people will always find a way, a path to get the things they want. And I also firmly believe that art is supposed to provoke sometimes. I mean, you're provoking positive feelings, but you're also, in you know, in other instances, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of flipping, flipping the coin, and going, no, you need to pay attention to this. This is what we're, this is what we think about this situation. Which is what Cypher was good at. Cypher um, was very good. I mean, there's at not very many interpretations for punch a Nazi, but no, he, he, <laughs> Cypher was in your face, and and that's that's what made him so different because he didn't pull any punches. He wrote what he huh. he felt, and it came out, and and a lot of his music came out as being angry, and he was very open about it. But but Cypher was. That music was such an eye-opening music that I think when it took off, people didn't know what to do with it, so they bought it so they could digest it, and then they bought more because it became their favorite addiction. <laughs> Y'all aren't going to believe yeah, this. For, for we, both the positive and negative connotations of addiction, maybe, but, you know. There you go. We're at our five-minute mark. <laughs> Can y'all believe that? Really? This I mean, hour, yeah. Every this night. Hour is just, yep, every night. Jason, before <laughs> the night gets away, will you come back? Of course. Why should I? Anytime you'll have. Of course. <laughs> I. Uh, there you go. So, <laughs> tell the folks where you can be found. Um. Well, right now, my. Uh, most of my stuff, like Black Chairs, is on my 
my label HMR, which, you know, for just because I haven't gone anywhere else with it. Um, but uh, right now that website is down, but you can find Hope Mansion recordings on Facebook. And um, there's stuff there, Bandcamp, um, basically blackchairs.bandcamp.com, um, Jason M. Norwood, Angel on Panic. That's the weird one because something happened to my original account there. But um, And, hey, if you're on Facebook and you have a question for me, just drop me a line. <laughs> and he will answer you, ladies and gentlemen. Jason is very um, approachable. Just one of the reasons that I adore him because he he will answer you. You might not like the answer, but he will answer you. Trust me on this. Oh, I don't usually get nasty. <laughs> well, no, but you're direct, which is one of the reasons I adore you because you're very direct. So, with that being said, Ian, you have any closing thoughts, bits of wisdom? Watch out for um, censorship. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think there will always be a crowd. There will always be a group of people that's reacting to the popular music of the day. And I just basically think that whatever you, whatever kind of music you like, listen to more of it. You know, branch out. You know, it's one of the good, one of the few good things about streaming is that you can branch out and find new stuff. But yes. I think that if, you know, I think that if you, you know, just if you if, if you expand what you're listening to, you'll often find like it's just like me. I'm always searching for new music. It's like why didn't I know about this before? One of my favorite albums now of all time is White Light White Heat by The Velvet Underground, and I was like, why didn't I listen to this 20 years ago? <laughs> See, so what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is keep an open mind, whether it's books, music, art, because when you do that, you expect expand your intelligence and your intellect and it makes you more well-rounded that's just another reason for this show is we give exposure to indie artists indie musicians indie songwriters indie authors we do this because society has tried to pigeonhole our craft into unless it's their idea or unless it's promoted by them, then it's not worthwhile. That is not true. There is so much indie music out there now, so many indie artists like Jason that are are making strides and, and making ways and making people stand on their ear, so many indie authors and painters and sculptors. So be open-minded and go find these crafters because you it's like jason said you won't be sorry trust me they are amazing amazing people and i am so very proud and so very humbled to be able to give them a platform in order for their craft to be seen and heard around the world we're in over 30 countries right now and it almost 170,000 listeners and we haven't even been up to month yet so, yeah, yeah we're, we're getting there. We're getting back up where we were before we shut down the last time. So it's, it's, you're being heard in places, Guyana and, and South Africa and the U.K. and France and Germany and Italy. That's just to name a few. Of course, in Canada and good old USA and Australia and New Zealand. So, ladies and gentlemen, go check Jason out. Go check out his music to Tomorrow night, yeah, today's Monday, tomorrow night, Tuesday, my friend and publisher and owner of Be Unique magazine, Mary Brotherton, will be here to talk about Be Unique and what it means to be unique. So join us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here at Off the Chain with me, your host, Yvonne Mason, and my co-host, Ian Bush, and Jason once again, thank you, my darling friend, for joining me and spending an hour with me. And I can't wait to bring you back. It was a pleasure. <laughs> so until and I'll probably then, have new music. <laughs> wonderful. Send it to me. 
<laughs> so until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, I want to wish you all a good evening. Be happy, be safe, and keep an open mind. Good night, gentlemen. I will talk to you again tomorrow, Ian, and the show will go up in archives after the show. Jason and I'll send it to you. So until then, good night. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>